never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that often wonders... What will happen when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles turn 20? <laughs> my name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Here. Uh, hey, I actually yeah. think I actually think they've addressed that in, uh, like, comics and stuff like that. But that's oh, they have? Pretty... Darn. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know I was reading, um, there's this, it's like this fan fiction uh, comic that's drawn in a manga style, which, Drew, I know you're not the biggest fan of fan fiction, but... Uh, it was called I'm not mutant opposed to fan fiction. It's just you can't call fan fiction canon. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm in agreement with that. But uh, somebody was doing this really awesome one called uh, it was called mutant mutant ninja turtles Gaiden, and it was all the turtles were older and stuff. But it was all drawn in like a manga style, and it was actually just like super cool. Um, so if you want to read a cool webcomic, I'm just, I guess, sending out that suggestion to our audience. Like, check out Mutant Ninja Turtles Gaiden. I haven't looked at this comic since, like, 2010, though. <laughs> so I don't know where it is on the Internet, if it's still available. But if it is, everybody should check it out, because what I read from it was really cool. So Sure. All right. That's my, my random uh, plug for the beginning of the episode, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how about this? Um, we have a light news week, so that'll be fun. We'll give us a little more time to talk, watching and reading, and then the list. So, um, you want to hop in and start talking about what we're watching stuff, reading? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure thing. Um, so (laughs) my watching and reading is super short. Um, I haven't been, I haven't had a chance to watch the new She-Hulk, um, but I did make sure to watch, uh, Lord of the Rings, and, um, I also watched. I also watched Hot D, or as I re- recently realized, it's actually Got Hot D when you include uh, Game <laughs> of Thrones in the uh, abbreviation. So I'm talking about Game of Thrones, House of the House Dragon, of, the of Dragon. course. But <laughs> I want this to be, I really want this to be the collective agreement on how we refer to this show. Like, hey, have you watched Got Hot D yet? <laughs> I know. I know. It's so, like, bizarrely unfortunate, but that's really funny. <laughs> um Absolutely. Yeah. So since I watched Lord of the Rings as well, I watched Got Hot D or, or House of the Dragon. <laughs> it never uh, gets old, to be honest. <laughs> I did watch the new She-Hulk, so I guess we have to table that discussion. I had a I, I'm kind of bummed that you didn't get a chance to watch it because I have a ton of notes on the wow. of She-Hulk. A ton if, of stuff to say about it. If you want to uh, spoil a little bit, I mean, that's OK. Um, I'm okay. assuming it's only like a 20 minute episode like the rest of them. So it's it not like it is. It's not uh, like you're ruining a two hour movie experience for me. Um, okay. And it's, I, I did want to watch it. I've just had a crazy busy week, so I just haven't had the chance. Right. But well, 
how, this is my, I'll make this light spoilers, if you will. One, um, the, the character, the villain that crashed into the courthouse in the first episode, we now know who that is. Okay. So awesome. And it made me, it made my brain go, oh, that makes sense now. <laughs> she's a, she's um, a scroll. I'm calling no, it. She's a scroll. She's not a okay. scroll. She's not a scroll, <laughs> but um, it made me think of classic Secret Wars. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so, um, first of all, awesome, because I thought when they addressed that in the second episode where they just said like, oh, it's a super powered influencer that's out there. I was like. That's really not an explanation of what's going on. That's just kind of brushing this issue under the rug <laughs> that we were talking about before, as far as yeah. like what that character was even doing, like what were her motivations. And I'm I'm assuming that whoever she is is like kind of a big surprise, and that's why you're not saying much. But still, can you really it's a be big, sure? I don't think it's a big surprise, but if you know your She-Hulk and classic comic history okay. and stuff, and the fact that I mentioned original Secret Wars, I think you should be able to figure out who it is. But if you can't, yeah. it doesn't really matter because you're going to watch the episode and you're going to go, oh, that's what he was talking about. The, the other uh, thing I was going to say is, can you still really be sure that it, they're not a scroll? <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> but uh, no, keep going. However, She-Hulk history, She-Hulk uh, or classic Marvel comics, classic Secret Wars. I just my brain just went, oh, that makes sense. Why didn't I figure that out before? Um, there is a character. In this episode, that is a uh, she's a witness for whatever the case is, and um, because like I mean, she's a she hawks a lawyer, so she's got to do cases. There is a character who plays a witness. Um, did you ever see the Saturday Night Live bit on for a weekend update when um, uh, Cecily Strong played the girl you wish you'd never met at a party? Did you ever know? Okay. You need to look this up. <laughs> okay. You need to Google SNL girl. You wish you never met at a party. You will be rolling. It is. You know what? Maybe I have. I do remember a sketch with like a, just a super annoying party girl. And so yeah. maybe that's what, okay. I'm she familiar wearing, with she it. She's wearing just, a red yeah. dress. I, it's been so long. Okay. <laughs> I just remember the voice more than okay. the actual okay. All right. <laughs> visuals That is of probably it. one of my favorite, like, side characters Center Night Live has ever done, and I really wish Cecily Strong would do it more often. It's so good. She, it's It makes me laugh every time. It's amazing. Anyway, I think that The Witness was based off of that sketch. Oh, um, nice. Um, like, I think, it, I think it was a love letter to that sketch, and it was... It, it, she made that character made me laugh a lot this episode um, in the episode there. I believe there was a reference to Beta Ray Bill. Nice. And I believe there was a very solid reference to Mephisto. But both of those, I can't be 100 percent sure. You being well versed in the comics will when you watch the episode, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um Sweet. Um, if you, but I will, we'll talk about that a little more after you get the chance to see the episode. Um, (laughs) so I'm not not spoiling anything for anyone who's not caught up like we are or like, so Mephisto, it's kind of funny because I feel like 
people keep thinking they're hinting at Mephisto all over the place, you know, and like it's like yeah. every other Marvel show. But uh, Beta Ray Bill is exciting because that's a name we haven't heard bantied about since um, Ragnarok, really. Right. And um, I remember back when the original uh, Avengers movie came out and everybody thought the Chitari were actually uh, whatever the uh, race uh, Beta Ray Bill is, which would have been really fun. But uh, yeah, go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then, other than that, the episode was pretty solid. It was just a fun episode. Um, yeah, it was a really good episode, but those, like, I just was like, oh, man. And so when you said you didn't watch it, I was like, bummer, because I got a lot to say on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry um, about that's that. All right. That's all right. Um, I did watch the, um, I watched the movie Me Time on Netflix. Oh, you know what? I watched this, too. Um, um, yeah, this- we watched it. A- a week or two ago, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't think to bring it up for some reason last well, week, but yeah. Watching and reading category week to week. what did you watch this week? Well, here's everything I watched. <laughs> um, here's my reviews on everything I took in. Um, me time was kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some parts that made me laugh out loud. And um, so there were some funny bits, but ultimately the movie was kind of stupid. Um <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't know what you thought, but that's kind of my review. Um, um, yeah, I th- I thought it was okay. Like it was, uh, it's one of those like solid six out of ten comedies. It's not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't. Four, I would have said like four out of ten, but that's okay. <laughs> See, I don't know. I guess like I didn't judge it too harshly. I think I got out of it exactly what I thought it was gonna be, where it was like. Okay. Probably pretty dumb, well, maybe a f- few funny parts, like that sort of thing. So, Well, I got out what I thought it was going to be. However, um, I also was like, uh, it just wasn't, like, I was. Ex- I think I was expecting better. And I wasn't trying to judge it like, ooh, this is going to the Oscars. I wasn't trying to judge it like that. I was expecting a comedy, and I was just like, by the end of it, I was like, well, that's an hour and a half. I could have done something about my life. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I don't know if I'll watch it again. I don't think it's anything to write home about. I think it's one of those things where it's like you like Mark Wahlberg, you know, you like Kevin Hart. Check this movie out, you know, and I feel like that's kind of what it is. It's just like you like these two actors. Let's watch him be in a in a comedy together. Um, I did really appreciate. Uh, spoiler alert! I did appreciate the uh, Seal cameo in the movie, and I kind of thought that Seal taking uh, Kevin Hart's old uh, album. I thought that was a loose thread that I kind of wished they uh, tied together somewhere. Like I was expecting a post or mid credit scene where Seal was going to give him a call or something like that, but unfortunately that never came <laughs> came to be. Yeah, so I know. I know. Um. Yeah, so I watched Me Time. Um, Today is Disney Plus Day. Um, So a ton of stuff dropped on Disney Plus. There is a trailer for, um, what's it called? Uh, National Treasure, the TV show on there. Um, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to spoil the trailer 100%. Um, If you blink, you might miss the trailer. Um, (laughs) Nice. it, It literally... A door opens and you see a shadow of a person walking towards something um, that looks like maybe a conspiracy board of some sort. You see the person, they have a hat on, they take the hat off and it's a girl. She turns and looks at the camera and they show the title and that is it. Um, 
you don't get a good look at the conspiracy board. You don't really know what she's doing. It's literally she walks on screen and they show you the title. So I wanted to see this show. I just don't think that really got me at all excited because I don't know at all what I looked at. (laughs) You know, it could have gotten everybody excited. I haven't seen this trailer, but what could have gotten everybody excited is if it was uh, Nicolas Cage instead of the whatever the girl was that they showed. But uh, yeah, (laughs) Um, the uh, there is a 10 minute um, close look. It's called a close look at Andor. And it's like a 10 minute like sizzle reel slash director and characters talking to the screen. And they actually have a sneak peek of a sequence uh, for Andor. So it's like a 10 minute thing that they put up there because uh, we're all like Andor drops at the end of the month. Um, and I'm really ex- I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited to go back to Star Wars for a little bit. But what weirds me out about the show is a lack of aliens um, yeah, like a heavy lack of aliens. And I don't want to criticize Disney the way everyone else is criticizing Disney with Star Wars. But like, I feel like the alien quantity has got gets smaller and smaller show by show. And I understand with the Imperials, with the Empire and dealing with that era, you're not going to have aliens in the Imperials because they didn't allow aliens to be in the Empire, um, short of uh, Admiral Thrawn. Um, and some random, like, bounty hunter type folk, uh, type folks, type, uh, characters, but ultimately, like, Imperial officers were not aliens, so they were all, like, human. Um, so any Empire stuff, it's gonna be all humans, but, like, all the side stuff with some of the, like, towns and stuff you're seeing in the trailers, I'm like, there should be more aliens. I should be seeing a a Rodian, I should be seeing the Hammerheads, I should be seeing the Aqualish, I should be seeing maybe a Moncal, like, these aliens are not in the background the way they are in other shows. And I feel like it's a lot of human people. Um, Yeah. Maybe that was a budget thing, but that doesn't sound right for star Wars. So yeah, um, I absolutely agree with early criticism. And I could all, I can completely be wrong because we still don't know anything. So Um, there is a new documentary about Obi-Wan on (coughs) Disney plus the drop today. I did not get a chance to watch it before we sat down, but I will try and have it watched before we sit down next week to talk. Um, yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff. Nice. Thor, Love, Thor, Love and Thunder dropped today. Um, <laughs> I did see that that was on there. So if your kid, the assembled episode, which is the making of Thor that dropped today. Um, if your kid is a big cars fan, the cars TV show dropped today. Um, oh, cool. There's a new Simpsons short. There's a couple new uh, National Geographic documentaries. There's a lot of stuff that hit. So check out Disney Plus. There's some cool stuff. The date, they have a release date posted for um, the new Mighty Ducks season, which is the end of this month as well. So Mighty Ducks is going to be back on TV soon. So just like it's just a ton of TV coming our way. Um, yeah. And then uh, did you see, and I probably should have texted you, so I apologize, but did you see that the uh, – um, Knives Out 2 trailer dropped today, too. No. Oh, man. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm excited. <laughs> um, it looks cool. It's the Glass Onion, a Knives Out 2 mystery. Glass Onion, is that what it's called? I, I want to say that. That sounds, that sounds right, but I don't know. Yeah, I want to The trailer looks good. And it's, it's how about this? It's, you're going to watch the trailer and you go, yeah, that's what I expect. Cool. Movie looks great. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so let's talk about, we can talk about Lord of the Rings and uh, House of the Dragons. Which would you like to talk about first? 
I don't know. With both of them, it's actually kind of really hard to know where to start. But um, okay. Well, let's talk about <laughs> Lord of the Rings real quick. Let's do Lord of the Rings first. Um, initial thoughts. So, again, it, it is really hard to know where to start, but I thought this was pretty good, and I thought this was a lot better than what I was expecting. And I think okay. this is a show that it's kind of weird, but you have, like, there's all these people arguing online, have been arguing about this show for, like, months about, like, is it going to be good? Is it going to suck? There's, like, all these hardcore Tolkien fans um, arguing one or, one way or another. There's all these people um, kind of weirdly on, like, the political divide in our country. There's all these people sure. arguing different ways about, like, oh, the show is going to be, like, uber woke and, like, all this stuff like that. And, like, it's it's been really interesting. And I think... I don't know if it's a marketing thing or what it is, but I feel like for some reason it seemed like this was going to be a super divisive show and I wasn't really sure what to expect. And I started watching it and I thought it was just pretty good. Like, (laughs) I don't know how to say it. And it's one of those things where I do understand that there's elements of this show that from what I understand is they've fabricated elements of the show and they've changed certain things when it gets into the timelines of certain characters and stuff. But I'm not a big enough Tolkien fan to really know a lot about that. So you can take whatever I say with a grain of salt. Really but, glad um, you said it that way and I'll explain why in a minute. So go ahead. Um, but I thought this show was really good. I think my, my biggest criticism is honestly, um, And this sounds weird because the show has such a huge budget, but I think this goes into what I was saying about the marketing of the show is they made such a big deal about the budget of the show. So when I start watching it, I'm expecting everything to look like spot on, like the best, like better than like most movies you've seen and stuff. And then there's not that often, but there's a couple moments where I certain scenes I was like well that's obviously CGI and normally I wouldn't think of that at all with a TV show but I think because they made such a big deal about you you have the meta knowledge of the budget exactly and so like um and I don't know people might disagree with me but uh there's the shot when they're um Galadriel and her uh, army are basically what's left of the uh, troops that she's commanding are climbing up the side of that like ice mountain and uh There's like an overhead shot of Galadriel doing this sort of jump and landing her ice pick or her, I think it's her little dagger that she carries around into the side of the ice and she holds herself. And that was an awesome shot. But I think because because I had that meta knowledge of the budget, I was like, (laughs) well, that was obviously CGI. And I shouldn't be thinking of that because that was a really cool (laughs) shot. But because the way this was marketed Basically, what I'm saying is I think the marketing for the show went wrong in a lot of ways because the way they presented what the show is going to be, it made certain flaws in the show really glaring to the viewer. Where if I just walked in blind, I wouldn't have thought of certain things. But with that all being said, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I thought this show was super engaging. Um, I'm not, like, necessarily on board with all the characters. There's certain characters I like more than others. I think um, Elrond is probably the one I'm liking the most. Like, I think he's... uh, I thought it was really cool him having to go to the uh, uh, Dwarven Mine and having to, like, kind of play his politics and stuff. I thought that story was really engaging. But I know other people have been 
really drawn to different aspects of the story. But basically, I'm being left with like, this is a really fun epic feeling adventure tale. And I want to highlight that I said adventure because I think that this show, even though it's another, you know, medieval fantasy series, this show feels so different from uh, Game of Thrones. And they're both kind of, in my opinion, succeeding in different ways where Game of Thrones has that political intricate intrigue that you want from it. And this show has this like really cool high fantasy adventure feel that um, I think it's cool. And it's one of those things where Amazon likes to do this, where they dropped two episodes right away for you to watch. And at first I thought this was going to be daunting. Like I'm going to have to watch two episodes of this in one week. Am I going to find the time? And it's one of those things where by the end of the first episode, I was I thought it was pretty good, but by the end of the second episode, I was really drawn in and really hooked. So I actually think that was a really good call uh, on their part. I'm being both pretty vague and pretty specific with all of that being said, but uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts of the show, Drew? You said that you're not. You don't know the Tolkien lore. As well, so this is this review is kind of a grain of salt. Um, I, yeah, I'm kind of like the average Tolkien fan where, like, I know The Hobbit, I know the Lord of the Rings trilogy, things. I don't know a lot of the other stuff, you know? So, I know The Hobbit, I know The Lord of the Rings, I read them all, I read a good chunk of The Cimmerillion, but I'm still, even though I read a good chunk of The Cimmerillion, my knowledge of Tolkien lore, in my opinion, is not up to par where a lot of the super fans are. Yeah. So there's a lot of what I'm watching that I don't um, 100% know what I'm looking at. Um, So, for example, the Harfoots will become the Hobbits. I know that. But (laughs) when you're just like, are these the Hobbits? They, I can't tell. And then they call them the Harfoots. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm like, oh, OK, I see what we're doing. We're, we're you know, this is a world that hasn't flushed itself out yet. Things happen. Things change. Wars happen. Countries get divided. Crazy stuff like that. OK, we're working towards something. Um, right. The um, the only characters that I personally really recognize are Elrond and Gladriel. And yeah. I am very. um. Like, Elrond's story is just kind of okay, in my opinion, right now. But I'm very invested in Gladriel, and every time they jump away from her, I'm like, can you go back, please? Because I want to know what's going on over there. Um, so it, with our, her... Our brother, our brother, Sean, by the way, real quick, when I was talking to him about it, I was on the phone real briefly with him, and I mentioned the show, and he goes, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. It's kind of fan fiction. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you know, Gladriel doesn't wear armor. And I'm like, Ever? <laughs> that's what went through my brain i'm like if you're gonna hold your hat on that point i don't know if we can have this conversation so so um, so i i guess that is one of the big criticisms i've heard of heard of the show is that she galadriel not not specifically armor but just that she was never supposed to be a warrior character sure. like that was never part of sure. anything so, so i think an elf who lived what 800 some years <laughs> And in the entirety of her life, she never picked up a sword, put on a battle, a suit of armor or anything like that. And any of the stuff that went on in Elven history, I don't know how to buy that comment. So, um, my brain I, I, I can, I, gas, can I, think. I can say like, I don't 
like I personally like I don't disagree with what you said, but there's a lot of people who know a lot of more about Lord of the Rings Correct. who are Correct. saying that um or a lot more than I know about Lord of the Rings who are saying that like it really goes against her character to be like this warrior uh and stuff like that. So that's all Correct. that's all neither here or here nor there. And I'm not trying to disparage the series too much because I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. But um well yeah, I, I mean go I, on. <laughs> I agree with you at that point because I have heard people say that, but I'm also like, well, so far that's the most interesting part of the show for me, and <laughs> I'm loving it, and I want more of it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So even though you know more about Lord of the Rings than I do, I'm down for whatever that part of the story is. Um. I loved that ocean sequence. Uh, yeah, that was cool. The, when she got off the boat and then had to like found the raft, and then the like sea monster was attacking. That was awesome. That was gorgeous. I wish we got a better. I, I wish we got like one more really clear shot of the sea monster, but I loved it. I, um, I thought it was like a little too brief, but I thought that was like really perfect. When she was actually pushed into the water, it just felt so. I don't know. They really built up the the suspense in that sort of like open water, like you're yeah. screwed sort of way that I really loved. So yeah, yeah. Um, the um, the guy who came out of the comet, oh, right. I don't really have any clue who that is. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so I don't really care. And that's kind of sucking right now because I'm like, I'm not at all interested in what that is because I don't know or understand. And I'm just kind of like, okay, he also doesn't speak English, so that's not helping. Um, <laughs> you know, when they did the Star Wars holiday special and George Lucas got criticized because a very large chunk of it is the Wookiees talking to each other and no one speaks Wookiee, so you have no clue what's going yeah. on. That's kind of how that whole sequence felt. I'm like, I don't have any clue what's happening here. I However, I, I felt the same way. There was a million of like uh, Kryptonian and or uh, Dragon Ball Z parallels <laughs> up in my mind. But I'm with you. I have no idea what that guy's so deal is. There's but. a lot of so by the end of the two episodes, I had um, I had a little bit of an idea, and I was talking with someone about it this past weekend that that is the first wizard. To appear on Middle Earth. Um, and uh, a friend of mine who I was talking to said maybe not Gandalf, but the first wizard of that kind that appears on Middle Earth. Um, and that's the first appearance of that kind of that, I guess you could say, class of character. So um, I did I did get the feeling and it was kind of just a voice in the back of my head saying, like, maybe this is a wizard. And okay. I didn't know if it was going to be somebody we were going to recognize well, but there was I had nothing to base that off of. And I wonder if it's like almost like I don't know. I think they might have they might be doing a good job of communicating like, hey, this is a wizard because you have this dude with a beard and long hair and they give him a robe right away. And they kind of like have this subtle hint. Like, I think that's actually if this is true, like it, they might have played this out really smart where there's like this subtle visual repre representation of a wizard to just kind of get in the back of your head. And then when it's actually revealed, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes makes sense all along. So uh, but yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, the. Um, the so but I'm seeing a lot of talk online that it's not just a wizard. It is Gandalf. OK, so, OK, Um yeah. OK. <laughs> um, if, that's what, if that's what he is, that's what he is. Look, I'm with you on the meta knowledge of the show because I was thinking a lot of that stuff when I was watching. 
Um, yeah. There's a lot of sweeping um, landscape shots that are very reminiscent of the original film, um, the original movies. And I felt like that was personally, and if I'm judging this on a filmmaking standpoint, I felt like that was a little bit overdone. Um, really? Yeah, just a, just a tad, because there were a couple shots where, like, okay, I've seen that, like, 12 times now. Just, <laughs> I, I get it. it. The landscape is huge. Um, like, Game of Thrones doesn't do it that much, and we know how vast Westeros is. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So, um, so I thought that was a little bit overdone, but that's okay. Um, the, uh, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, I know what a billion-dollar show looks like right now, and we're only at the beginning and I can't wait till we get to some of the legit fighting, like with the goblins and the orcs and actually get to see them up close with the makeup and those effects and some actual like sword combat stuff and some magical elements to the show. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that part of it and maybe some big creatures just to see. Um, yeah. but ultimately, the show is cool, you know, so. Yeah, so far, no, it, it looks it looks yeah, it looks really good. Like um, it's just like I said, I think it was the marketing of the show really like they put their budget so first and foremost that you're going to go in with such a critical eye. And I feel like they could have played certain aspects of the market marketing out a little bit better, but um, no, I just was going to say, I think it's funny because uh, it sounds like we've had, we both like the show a lot, but we have slightly different takeaways where I was kind of gravitating more towards Elrond's character and you uh, seem to be more into Galadriel's story. But um, yeah, also like I really, enjoy those wide sweeping landscape <laughs> shots like it's one of those things where i just like i don't know when they present them really well and it's like some crazy uh fantasy like castle or city they're showing in one of those like wide sweeping landscape shots that's i just like eat that up i'm like oh that's awesome give me more of those because <laughs> it's like every yeah. time it's like you're looking at like a really high quality like landscape fantasy painting and like i don't know when i'm watching it in my mind i'm like oh cool i want to i want to go in that tower there and go across that bridge and that's kind of where my mind is at so i just think it's funny that you kind of were saying they did that a little bit too much where i'm yeah, like no just, i actually like that just part, a so. tan, in my opinion <laughs> um otherwise i really liked the show um house of the dragon however holy crap was this a cool episode yeah, it was um, awesome. First off, I the Crab King guy, this guy is sick and nuts and crazy and like crucifying the guys so the crabs eat him. Oh my <laughs> <Yeah>. god. Such <laughs> a cool and okay, here's a it is not fair to compare the Lord of the Rings show to Game of Thrones. However, one thing I will compare is that Game of Thrones looks more physically real than Lord of the Rings does. Um, and I don't know if you agree with me, but I think it's a level of how gritty the show is. I don't know. But yeah. There's something with the filming. It's something with the filming. It's something with the rendering. Maybe it's the CGI. I don't know. Um, but Game of Thrones, in my opinion, looks more physically real than. No, uh, I, I would agree with that because I think in uh, Rings of Power, there's um, it's not just the CG like landscape shots and stuff. I think some of the sets didn't look as good or as intricate or as lived in in quotes as i would have hoped for and i think that goes with the um costume design too and i think game of thrones is like they obviously do a really good job of giving that 
grit and uh, lived in like a uh, feel to their world. And that's definitely something you expect in a uh, anything that takes place in like a medieval timeline. You think things are going to be pretty gritty and stuff like that. So I do think I do agree with you with that criticism there. Um, that being said, the guy being crucified to the stake, getting eaten, getting ready to be eaten by the crabs, and he's yeah. screaming, save me, save me, because you see Caraxes and Damon, like, flying around, playing <laughs> yeah. waste everyone, and then the dragon steps on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm like, gosh, that is awesome. How clever. I can't believe you guys did that. That's amazing. It was um, it was great. And then uh, there's that, and then um, the episode in general. It. This is interesting because of our the meta knowledge, if you will, of watching the show previously. So when you hear names like House Lannister, you sit up a little bit in your chair, don't you? Mm-hmm. Or like Castle Rock, you sit up a little bit in your chair. Um, so I just think that's really cool the way the show has my attention. And it was such a great episode. I don't know if you noticed. Did you see the king has two missing fingers now? Ooh, no. That yeah, is, he got a, wow. he got his, his pinky got cut, and they had mm-hmm. to clearly had to amputate, cause an infection. They had to amputate the other one, so he's missing his ring finger and his pinky finger on that hand. That is a really good catch, and this yeah. is like this is the kind of stuff that I've only watched every episode of this new Game of Thrones series. I've only watched each episode once, but I am excited me, me to. Too. But it it not saying <laughs> that like I shouldn't not saying that I have an excuse not to notice that, but these are the type of things that are in Game of Thrones that when you get to rewatch episodes and or binge through everything again, you notice so many more little details like that. And that's really cool, to be honest. Yeah. So that guy's falling apart and he shouldn't be sitting on that chair anymore. That's my opinion. But <laughs> absolutely. Um, but no, like so I spotted that and then um, I loved the bit with Renera um, running off into the woods. That was fantastic. Um, yeah. I love I love the time jump. Um, seeing Aegon, little Aegon at two years old, knowing that we're gonna probably have another time jump. I really think. And last week I talked about maybe seeing Duncan the Tall, um, the Hedge Knight, because mm-hmm. that's Aegon or Egg who would be wandering around with Duncan. We might actually get to see him on screen. That has me really nice. excited. Um, the end battle sequence with Damon, like faking the surrender and then like just go that was so slaughtering cool. everybody i was like god that was awesome well it's one of those things for the people who have said this show didn't have enough action like the opening and uh ending scenes of this show were so action-packed and both were so badass especially that and that uh that fight scene you're talking about with damon uh like faking his surrender and then just what ensues afterwards that was so good and the best part was it had me at the end of edge of my seat and drew, I don't know if you were the same way. Cause I know you've read the book, but for me, I didn't know which way that was going to go. I didn't know if Damon actually was surrendering, you know, and I, I don't know. Awesome. Awesome scene. So yeah, <laughs> keep going. And, um, well, ultimately this episode was great. It's definitely one of the best episodes so far. I know we only have the three, but still it's one of the best. I literally like every week I'm like, I can't wait for more. Um, so I'm just like, keep going, keep going. Don't roll the credits, please. Um, 
yeah, it's just amazing. And I can't wait to like see the little nuggets of stuff um, as we move forward with things, because we're about to get they're going to give us a time jump. And I really like how they're trusting the audience to be smarter or to be as smart as they think the audience is. They're not downplaying things. They're not dumbing stuff down for people yeah. like, look, you watched Game of Thrones. You're here because you watched Game of Thrones. So you're we know you have the knowledge. So if we jump ahead two years, it makes sense if you pay attention and you listen. Yep. Um, there is, so not to confuse everybody, but if you didn't know, where there is going to be a time jump far enough where the actresses who play um, Alicent and Rhaenyra are going to be changing soon because they time jump up and you're going to have new actresses for those characters. Um, that's because they're going to jump ahead far enough to where they're going to be older. So... Um, that is coming, so be prepared for it. So you're not like, who's this now? It's characters you already know, um, and, and I think it'll, and I think it'll be clear. But well, it's one of those things. Talk about a really tricky feat if you are the casting director on the show. Like if you had to pick, first of all, like I think casting actors in a show has to be just super, super hard to do because you don't know who the audience is going to resonate with, and I think there's probably like a really refined skill to actually doing that. But when it comes to doing time jumps, when you have to find actors um, like young actors and you have to make sure they have the chemistry and the star power and everything that you want. And then you also have to cast like their older counterparts. Like there's a feat in that, that if they're able to like pull off and like get everybody re to resonate with uh, the older versions of these characters, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a bit of a casting feat and we'll see, but it's just, I'm so excited to see this go, keep going. Um, um, any, you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, you've said so much about the episode, and I don't even know, <laughs> I don't even know what's left to say, but my favorite moment, honestly, was when um, Rhaenyra um, was off in the woods, and um, it's her, and uh, I can't remember sure, the, sure. uh, there you go, Th thank you. I'm I'm still bad with uh, character names a little bit, but when they're sitting there, and it's like, I guess like sunrise esque. Um, and they were like visited by the white, I guess white heart is what they were calling it, but like mm -hmm. the white elk and like what that means with everything else that was playing out in the show. Like I thought that was like a beautiful little touch. And I love that they're still like hinting at like Rhaenyra is the person who should be the, you know, rightful ruler to the kingdom. This is the person who's meant to rule, but I still don't think that's going to happen. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how this is all going to play out. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. So, yeah, no, I gotcha. Um, my, I love, so when she kills the boar, I loved watching her walk back in to the, uh, yeah. to the camp and the, I loved them walking back into the camp and looking at the fact that she had the blood all over and stuff like that. Rhaenyra is, look, Rhaenyra is hot. But that just that whole sequence just made her way hotter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, I also like the shot when you're like, how far did they go for the hunt? And there's that really gorgeous shot with the red keep in the background. So you can kind of see how far they went. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, that's kind of like my house to Chicago, if you will. <laughs> um, so I, I understand how far they went to do that hunt and set up camp over there. Um, nice. But yeah, ultimately, the show is great. Can't wait for more. So that's kind of my review on um house of the dragon so um is that it for watching and reading 
Yeah, I think so, but I think we've I been think talking for a while. <laughs> we have been talking. Um, so that being said, you want to uh, talk about the news today? Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, news time. Okay, here we go. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery confirms DC Fandom 2022 is not happening. Yeah, I heard about this. Okay, and you know what? That sucks, but they're getting a new plan together, and we are all being cautiously optimistic while we, no matter how angry we are on the sub-level, we are trying to be optimistic and allow them to formulate their plan and tell us what the plan is, and then we can dissect. So DC Fandom is not happening. That's okay. I can take a year off while you guys figure out your stuff and then give me the surprises, right? So, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but was uh, DC Fandom, was that a COVID thing originally? Like, is that a... It was a COVID... It was a COVID thing because they had to cancel all the conventions. So DC yeah. their own internet thing. And then because of how heavily attended it was, they did it another year. Yeah. Because so. I just, I wonder if it's one of those things where Discovery's like, all right, we're returning to normalcy. Conventions are happening again. Let's have a bigger presence at San Diego Comic-Con. Like, let's bring our news back home, if you will. Like, we don't need this extra convention. You know, we need to be where the action is, so to speak. So I wonder if it's something like that. And I think this is just this is a shakeup, but I don't know if it's the end of the world sort of shakeup. But I don't know. Are you um, are you like personally pretty upset about this, Drew, or is it kind of I'm not what it is. (laughs) It is what it is right now because we want them to have a plan. We want to know what the plan is. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, so absolutely. Um, OK, next story. Science story of the week. Scientists create remote controlled cyborg cockroaches. <laughs> and, you, and, and you think to yourself, why would someone do something like this? <laughs> Scientists at the Riken Cluster for Pioneering Research have created remote controlled robotic cockroaches in an effort to send them into hazardous zones um, for uh Basically, when you read through the article, it's kind of like being able to send them into places that people can't go. So if you think about like nuclear radiation, okay. if you look at hazard place, hazards and stuff like that. Um, my brain, when I read this article, all I could think about was the movie Mimic, where they had to create <laughs> the bug to go into the bug infested area to wipe out nice. the that was causing the thing. And then that bug was supposed to die, but it didn't. It grew and then it started eating people. Yeah. I've seen that movie. <laughs> I don't want to live that movie. Um, so <laughs> that was immediately what I thought of when I read the story. And I was like, this is cool. But it's fun to talk about because of the movie Mimic. So, yeah, well, first of all, Mimic is awesome. So definitely a good call there. <laughs> but I also think of uh, is it the fifth element where they have a remote control uh, uh, cockroach that goes into hey. like there's the part where there's like there's a guy driving a remote control cockroach and it's oh, one of the villains yeah. and he goes into like there's like the military officers and they're having a meeting and stuff and there's the cockroach that's on the table that they're all meeting yeah. around and the one guy smashes the cockroach and then it shows 
it shows the dude who was controlling it who had like headphones on and the headphones are like you know shoot off of his head and he just screams in pain from the noise of it and it's so so classic but as soon as i heard the story that's where my mind went right away so you went to the more fun and realistic idea i went to mimic <laughs> i don't know my idea i went to that's a pretty cartoony scene to be honest so no but putting it having a remote remote control cockroach and putting a camera on it and sending it to do a thing yeah <laughs> you know um that's hysterical yeah okay well <laughs> well that's it for the news <laughs> you're right it was light <laughs> i mean the only other thing that we should probably talk about just because it happened today is the queen's passing um there's gonna be the queen of england has passed away long live the queen uh rest in peace um 70 years it's amazing um the thing that I find the most fascinating about the Queen's passing is because ultimately I'm not into the whole royals and get excited and dissect and you know, the way some people do. And I and by all means, we all have our thing. We all get into things. I just don't get into that. But what right. I'm really interested, what I'm really finding fascinating right now is seeing how this all plays out. It's a transfer of power. And you think to yourself, well, there's already a transfer of power because Charles is already king. But. Last time stuff like this happened, all the people who were in charge and understand how stuff like this goes don't aren't alive anymore. So <laughs> it's a learning curve for everybody. And I know yeah. that there's contingency plans in place and they've been prepping for this because of how old she was getting and all that stuff. Like, it's going to happen at some point. We have to be prepped and ready and go because we can't be caught with our pants down when it happens. So I think that's the fascinating part. And we're going to have the next probably two weeks full of news related to this. And I only say that because for whatever the rule is in England, and this is the part where I'm a little fuzzy on the um, details of how and why. So I'm not going to try and explain why, but they can't have the funeral for 10 days because of whatever stipulations and the way everything lays out has to be. So we got to wait 10 days for the actual funeral. Uh, <laughs> So is that like some weird antiquated like medieval rule where it's like we have to wait 10 days because it's possible they're not actually dead and like the body might wake up or something like that like it makes um I don't think I wonder that level of extreme but there could be some weird <laughs> antiquated rule that along the way um yeah I'm I'm really that. curious about it cuz I think it might be something that's more amusing than you'd think but you never know so yeah, well, I just that's all I can tell you on that one. So, um, but yeah, that's the news for the day. So, um, yeah, that's why I didn't mind us talking about watching and reading for so long, because I'm like, we have like no news to discuss, <laughs> which which and as many episodes as we've done of this show, I'm totally fine with not having a lot of news. So that was like the shortest news segment I think we might have ever had to be ever. Honest, had. So. Yeah. Um, so you want to talk about tonight's list? Yes. Cool. Let's move on and roll the thing. And now for the top five. Hey, Peter. Mm -hmm. um, this week was my list. Um, quite simply, we haven't done an actor in a while. I thought Ryan Reynolds would be fun because he's a good actor. He's been on I've been seeing him around a lot lately in terms of talk shows and, you know, media and 
movies on TV and stuff. So, yeah, why not? Let's talk about Ryan Reynolds. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you found this list difficult. Um, I found it difficult because he's been in a lot of good movies, in my opinion. Um, and of his film catalog, I have uh, seen 28 of his movies. Oh, man, I, I didn't do a count this week. Um, I only did a count because I was like, wow, I've seen 28 of his movies. <laughs> um, I can say that I uh, when you announced this list, I said, oh, fun. Like that was my initial reaction, because Ryan Reynolds, he's an actor who he's done a ton of comedies, but he's also done some serious roles. And I think him as a lot of his roles, but also just his personality um, as a celebrity, he always puts me in a good mood, I guess. Like he brings a smile of my, to my face whenever I see him in an interview and stuff. And then a lot of his movies, like I just love, and uh, I don't know, like so many of his comedies I think are hilarious and stuff like that. So I thought this was going to be a really fun list to go through. And with that being said, I didn't find it too difficult to put together. Like there's a couple movies that I was just like automatically like knew they would make my list. But then uh, there's also, it was kind of, fine tuning the last few picks that I was going to go with. That's what was kind of the hard part with this list. So, Oh, okay. Well, it's my pick. I have two honorable mentions. Um, <laughs> I can say I, this. I can say okay. a lot of movies we have here, especially on his list. We've talked about a bunch. Yeah. So our reviews are probably going to be short. So this could also be a short list to go through. So we'll see what happens. So you have to well, I actually didn't have any honorable mentions this week, which is kind of crazy. But <laughs> but I think what what happened was I had like my core five picks and then there's a lot of movies I could pick as honorable mentions. But I felt like a lot of them I felt like were flawed enough that I didn't want to put on my list, if that makes sense in a weird way. Like I was like, I could do that one. But, oh, this movie has a glaring flaw right there. But then I do have like my top five that I feel really confident with that like for me are like my favorite Ryan Reynolds movies, if that makes sense. So no, I got you. All right. Well, my first honorable mention is a movie called waiting. Uh, nice. <laughs> really fun comedy about a restaurant. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is great in it. There's a lot of really great one liners. Um, this movie made me not want to go to restaurants very often. <laughs> In the sense that I basically stopped eating at Applebee's altogether. And not because I have anything against Applebee's, but for some reason when I was watching the show or watching the movie, that restaurant reminded me the most of like an Applebee's. So the the next time I went into an Applebee's after watching the movie, I was like, mm, I don't need to eat here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it made me look at the quality of food. It made me look at a lot of things like just differently in the restaurant business. I'm like, mm, I'm okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> If you haven't seen Waiting, check it out. It's really funny. Um, it just might change your opinions of restaurants. Um, so so the, the restaurant in Waiting is uh, Shenanigans, right? Shenanigans. And it's probably based a little bit more off of TJ Fridays. But for okay. some reason, I get the Applebee's vibe. Because <laughs> with, it, with it being called Shenanigans, I always wondered if that was a Easter egg uh, referencing Super Troopers. Because there's the whole Shenanigans joke and that. Um, yeah, something it, I've always thought about, but I don't know if that's ever been confirmed. So <laughs> it could have been, but it might not be too. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I really don't know. Um, nice. I, the next movie is Van Wilder. Um, 
National Lampoon's Van Wilder, that is. Uh, this is probably this is one of the first. It's not the first time I saw Ryan Reynolds as an actor, but it's one of the first like leads for him that just had me floored. This is like when I saw it, this was probably one of the best movies I saw of that year just because of how funny it was. And it was like rewatchability. You want to watch it over and over and over again. Um, I watched it too many times. So like it's one of those movies that I know too well, so I don't throw it in and watch it every now and then. But um, it's basically your standard college animal house kind of a movie. Um, Ryan Reynolds is hysterical. The rest of the movie is really, really funny. There's a lot of actors in this that come out of this movie. It's like a lot of young actors that you'll watch and like, oh, they're in that movie. They're in that movie. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know if you have thoughts on this, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is a really funny film. Um, this is uh, I don't know. Yeah, again, like I don't think this is the first time I ever saw Ryan Reynolds, but um, it's one of the first times or one of the ones one of the times that for me made him feel like a household name sort of actor. But I've watched this movie a ton of times. Like I thought it was really, really funny and just really cool back in the day. I think there's elements of it. I think you can say this with waiting too, that I think there's a lot of elements that don't age <laughs> maybe as well as you'd think, as far as just certain yeah, jokes that are probably not. not necessarily in it as good of taste nowadays, but um, I still have a soft spot for this movie. I think it's hilarious. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, honorable mention. Um, so what's your first actual pick of the night? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, you made this pretty easy for me because my first actual pick, I went with waiting. <laughs> so this is a hey. uh, this is a really funny movie. Um, I feel like there's one thing I noticed with my list is I went with a lot of the more comedic Ryan Reynolds roles, and I think I think there's some more serious movies I could put on my list, but I think. Part of it's just rewatchability, like some of these Ryan Reynolds movies I've rewatched so many times and uh, stuff like that. But waiting. It's a really funny movie. I think the humor does hold up, although like what I said, I think certain parts probably don't age as well as you'd like. I still think it's a fun movie to watch. And it's one of those things where um, a lot of people I've talked to who've worked in the restaurant industry have said it's like it's a scarily accurate movie. So I guess keep that in, in mind the next time you go to Chili's or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, no, this movie is yeah. hilarious. I remember uh, one more tidbit I'll add, which I'm going to keep this super vague, but I just think it's funny. Um, when I was in college, uh, my freshman year, um, which was actually pretty shortly after this movie came out, uh, my college had a uh, had its own like TV station where they would have like you know, they ha they'd have like news about the campus and stuff, but most of the time they would just play movies on their TV station. And there was like a month or so that they just played waiting. It was like almost on repeat. It was like any time of the day you'd turn the TV on. Oh, sweet. Waiting's on again. And so I don't know why they thought this was a good idea, because if you know that movie, you know the game that they play. And you know mm -hmm. that when you show that to like, you know, thousands of college kids on a campus, people are probably going to start playing that game. <laughs> and it was definitely a thing on the dorm floor that I was staying at. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. But uh, definitely really hilarious and probably not a good idea. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I hear you. And I feel <laughs> like whoever was in charge of the college uh, movie channel for you was like, hey, we're going to play this for the next month. <laughs> I think it was a little bit of just a different time, you know, like people didn't think, I don't know, think it would lead to any, any bad news, but yeah. Oh, I think they totally thought that. 
I think someone <laughs> was like, wouldn't it be awesome if people started this? Maybe if we can get everyone involved, we'll make the movie on and everyone sees it. You know, you never know. Fair enough, um, fair enough. <laughs> um, so my first actual pick of the night is Smoke and Aces, um, which I've talked about before. This is a um, this is a really fun thriller, a- action thriller. There's some funny bits in it, but ultimately it's a serious movie about the FBI looking for a uh, he's uh, Jeremy Piven plays the son of like the head of one of them of, of the mafia. And Jeremy Piven's got a hit out on his life. So all these bounty hunters are like bounty hunters and assassins and everyone are coming to this hotel where they know Jeremy Piven's at. And the FBI is trying to get him and keep him alive because they got to get him to court to testify. But all these bounty hunters and assassins want to kill him. And it becomes just a bloodbath in the hotel. It's awesome. Um, really fun, uh, action-packed movie. Ryan Reynolds plays one of the FBI guys. Um, but this is a movie with a ton of people in it. Like, I mean, every time the camera changes, there's another actor that you're just like, holy crap, he's in this movie? Really cool. Check it out if you're looking for a good action film. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, you've talked about this one quite yeah. a bit before, and I still haven't seen it. <laughs> so, well, I okay. want to, but, uh, yeah, I just can't comment too much on it, so... Yeah. All right. Well, what do you got for the next one? Like I yeah, said, so, this could go fast. So <laughs> so uh, you're still making it easy on me because my next pick was actually Van Wilder. <laughs> so um, I didn't necessarily mean to go in this order, but since That's you all. had these as honorable mentions, it really makes it easy to knock them out. But Van Wilder, I've watched this movie so many times. I really love it. I think it's kind of a it's kind of a cool snapshot into the early 2000s when it comes to I don't know movies like this like teen comedies are good like snapshots of their time periods but when it comes to the you know the outfits the characters are wearing and the music's the music that's played in the movie and stuff I just have such a soft spot for this film and uh, I think it's really hilarious like I said a lot of it probably doesn't age really well but this is one of the picks on my list that I've probably rewatched more than a lot of other Ryan Reynolds movies. And it just had to, it had to make it on my list just because I have that soft spot for the film. So. Yeah. 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 Well, um, yeah, just go watch Van Wilder. It's a lot of fun. Um, like it's like, I just, it's, it's got so many good single one liners. And then another thing that I really like about him in that movie is his line delivery. And Ryan Reynolds, in my opinion, always has good line delivery, but <laughs> yeah. Um, the, he, this, he's got some good, like dramatic pause type line delivery, or like he puts certain like gravity on certain words to change. Like it's just good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, my next one is a movie called the change up. Um, this has got Ryan Reynolds, uh, Jason Bateman, Olivia Wilde, Leslie Mann. Uh, did you see this movie? It's basically a Freaky Friday movie with Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman as an R-rated comedy. Did you ever see this? Yeah, one? I don't think I've ever seen this one, to be honest. Really? OK, this movie is <laughs> hysterical because Ryan Reynolds, basically they're two best friends. Um, Jason Bateman is now married, has kids. He's in a successful lawyer. Ryan Reynolds is the struggling, starving actor and doesn't have his life together and one drunken night they make a they're both like peeing into a fountain and they make a they make the i wish i had your life statement and then they flip <laughs> right when they say it there's this power outage <laughs> i hate yeah. it when that happens. They're, like, they're like that was weird and then like the next morning they're like 
in each other's bodies. So it's like the Freaky Friday thing. Um, it's really, really funny. Uh, there are great one-liners. There's great just scenes in general. Um, Jason Bateman, like, he's because he's not Ryan Reynolds, um, he basically is like, oh, that's what my life is now? Like, I don't have any responsibilities. I have no kids. I can sleep in. I can go to a restaurant if I want to. I can read a book if I want to. I can do it, you know. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds is on the other flip of the coin going, oh, I want to get my – he's got to, like, do the lawyer stuff and the family stuff and everything, and he sees what he's missing out on because he didn't grow up. The way, you know what I mean? So there's a, yeah. there's, a, there's a morality to it, but it is a hard R, rated R comedy. And it's hysterical. So, so th- um, this is a movie that I've heard of, but I've I never knew anything about. It sounds hilarious. Like I kind of really want to watch it. Like you're kind of selling me on the movie and uh, the sort of inciting incident you described. Like what causes this change up is really funny to me because it sounds like it honestly sounds like something me and my friends would think of while we're just like shooting the breeze like making up random dumb scenarios to make us laugh (laughs) you know like well you know if you pee in the fountain at the same time and then the power goes out and blah 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 you know you'd switch lives right so that that i find really humorous as well so yeah um it's fun watch it i would love to hear your opinion of it but it's good nice so what's your next one for the night so the next one i went with is uh free guy um hey we managed Nice. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, so I don't know. It's hard to know what to say that hasn't been said, but I think this is a really it's a movie with a creative presence or premise. It's a movie that it was a pretty big budget sort of like blockbuster Hollywood movie. And it's it's one of those things where it's directly related to nerd culture and specifically video game culture. But it's also an original thing. And we live in the this world where everything is an adaptation, everything is a reboot or a sequel. And this is an original story that did really well. It's action packed. It's really funny. But I think like in the sort of movie landscape we're in, I feel like Free Guy was such a uh, breath of fresh air in a lot of ways. So I, I don't know. Like I said, we've talked a lot about it, so I don't know what all to say. But I just think this movie is uh it's kind of a diamond in a rough in the rough in certain ways. And I think it's really just a, it's a really good movie. You know what I mean? Diamond in the rough in the sense it needs more attention. In my opinion, more people yep. need to go see this movie. I think, I think everybody does. Um, everything you said, absolutely. But the movie has got a heart to it. And yeah, that's something I really liked, but the movie also, in my opinion, represents gaming culture or video gaming culture better than any movie that's come before it. Um, and I say this specifically because you have movies like King of Kong, which represented gaming culture from a specific time period. Yeah. Only. Okay. You have other game, video game movies that have represented video game culture, but not. I feel like when someone says, oh, it needs to represent video game culture, they always think of old school games. That's fine to a point, but video game culture has become something else now. It's an entirely new machine with the YouTubers and the streaming, um, the your uh, uh, with Twitch.com and all that stuff. Like video gaming has taken a whole new level of uh, culture dumb, if you will, and this game represents that better than anything else. Um, and I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, there's a new esports one. 
that just recently released that I want to watch. I cannot remember the title of it, but it's directed by Kyle Newman. I'm drawing a blank. On oh, the uh, one up, one up, one up. Yeah. I really yeah. want to watch that because of the esports side. Um, and you talked about that a couple weeks ago, but other than that, like this movie, it just representation. That's one of the things I really liked. And then it's got a lot of heart to it, but yeah. Um, we talked about this before. Go check it out. It should be still on HBO max and Disney plus. So um, absolutely. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, I guess because we matched, I have to throw it back to you. Yeah, so um, the next pick I went with, which I don't think this should be a surprise to anybody that this made my list, but I went with uh, Deadpool. Um, I think... (laughs) (laughs) What a shocker. Um, Deadpool, I think, is um, not in the same way as Free Guy, but I think Deadpool, when it comes to... You have superhero movies and comic book movies got so big and I feel like Deadpool is a breath of fresh air in the way that this was a movie not only it wasn't only comedic but it was also that really sarcastic self-aware sort of comedy where you know you have Deadpool talking to the camera and you have very um very dirty jokes like you can make any kind of joke you want and I think this movie is just I don't know. It's hard to know what to say. Like, it's just such a solid representation of this character. But one thing when it relates to talking about a Ryan Reynolds top five list, I feel like Ryan Reynolds was almost like born to play this role, to be honest, because you see where like if Van Wilder was one of his breakout roles, like that was one of the roles that kind of put him on the map for a lot of people. I feel like Deadpool is like... Uh, Van Wilder on crack in a lot of ways. <laughs> like you can see how sure. his character could eventually evolve into Deadpool and it being that same Ryan Reynolds sarcastic humor that you have loved all along and how that fits this character so well, but also how the the movie delivers on an action movie um, sort of a scale as well. And I think it's just like a, it's kind of like, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to say perfect film cause I don't think it is, but I think <laughs> it kind of is in a weird way that it's not, <laughs> I, don't know how to say, I don't know how to put words into what I'm thinking of, but I think they pulled off what they wanted to. That's what I'll say. They pulled off what they wanted to so well, and they definitely delivered on what they were aiming at. And I think it's beautiful. So yeah, that's why Deadpool makes my list. Deadpool. This is a movie that, okay. We uh, we're going to talk about Deadpool a lot because we got Deadpool three coming and there's probably going to be crossovers with the MCU and stuff. Deadpool has a um, a marketing that was like none other. Um, Every single person was going to go see this movie specifically because of the marketing alone. It was marketed like they released it on Valentine's Day because they released it as as they marketed it as a love story because it is. Yeah. They marketed it as a comic book movie because it is. They marketed it as a horror film because it is like (laughs) they were so smart with the marketing. It's incredible. Um, This is also a movie fresh of breath air for marketing, fresh of breath air for the type of superhero movie, fresh of breath air for um, um, writing. This is a movie where writing is king. Um, And Ryan Reynolds paid part of his salary to have the writers on set. So if a line didn't yeah. work right, because writers, they write their scripts and then that's it. Um, so 
that's kind of how that normally works. So you have the writers will do their thing and then they'll never that they won't until the movie's released, they won't get to see it or have any say in things. And this is one where Ryan Reynolds was like, look, the writers need to be on set. I will pay to have them there. I'll take part of my salary because he wanted, well, if the line doesn't work, I want the writers there to write me a new one because they know this better than anybody else. Yeah. And it shows and it works and it, it pays off because that's how that works. And that's it. It's so amazing and it's so good. And then if you look at Ryan Reynolds' IMDb credits, there's a whole bunch of Deadpool short stuff that I didn't <laughs> even know existed. And it makes me want to go look up these things. Uh, Christmas with Deadpool, I don't even know if I saw that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they're just like short promotional things, but yeah. So, okay, you said a couple – well, here, since what you said actually I think does – what you just said I think relates a lot to the marketing because a lot of those – Deadpool shorts were actually released on YouTube and online and it was all to just okay. drum up hype for Deadpool and Deadpool 2 and I think the thing about Deadpool and this is something you wouldn't expect from a you know sort of like big uh you know a big two superhero movie but this is a movie this is like one of the first movies that really really embraced viral online marketing. And I think there's other movies that have, but I think they had the platform to do so. And they really did so much with, like I said, releasing YouTube videos, releasing these little shorts where it's just Deadpool sitting on a couch talking to you about like some stupid like Christmas joke and stuff like that. And it worked so well to drum up hype for this movie. So that's awesome, especially because I know the first Deadpool did have it was still a big budget when you think about it, but it was a lot smaller than most super superhero films. And I think it's kind of cool that their marketing seemed to embrace that where they might not have had the biggest marketing budget, but they understood the Internet and they knew how to get word out to really drum up the hype for their movie. But also just relating to you talking about Ryan Reynolds paying extra money so that the writers of Deadpool could be on the set with them as they shot the movie. This movie, from what I understand, it was a bit of a pet project for Ryan Reynolds. And I don't know who put the idea into his head that he needs to play Deadpool and he needs to make this movie happen. But from what I understand, he did so much behind the scenes as far as uh, helping to find like not like personal personally finance the movie but as far as like getting investors and getting the studios to okay certain things and from what i understand he worked a lot behind the scenes to actually make deadpool happen and it's just awesome that we actually have this movie you know that he put in that work to make this movie exist and uh, i think it goes to show when you have somebody who actually cares about what they're working on, like real magic can happen when it comes to how the final project uh, turns out. So, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, all right, man. Um, what's your final pick of the night? Yeah. So I said, um, you know, I, I, I picked a lot of uh, comedic films and uh, there was a lot of serious films you know i could pick you know i went from like waiting to van wilder to deadpool and i wanted to end on more of a serious note and that's why my final pick is uh deadpool 2 <laughs> oh, <there you> go. <laughs> i'm being dead serious though i think um both deadpool movies are definitely my favorite ryan reynolds movies and it's really for all the same reasons that i said and uh deadpool 2 is a weird one because 
it's a sequel. Like, I don't think it's objectively as good as the first Deadpool. I think the, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know if the script is as tightly written and stuff. And I think in Deadpool 2, there's a couple jokes that maybe don't land as well as they should. But at the same time, it's a Deadpool film. And I loved it. And I loved that they still kept that vibe going. And I think they did really up the ante when it comes to some of the action sequences. And we got to see... You know, not to throw shade at uh, X-Men 3, but we got to see a live action juggernaut that looks how you would want him to, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, there's just so many new characters they brought in. Like I loved uh, Domino, I think, was represented like so well in this movie. And there's so many scenes where like like I love the scene where it's like Deadpool, like somebody who has luck as their superpower, like that would not play out in a cinematic way at all. And then it it takes place during that. And And I just loved that. And then you and your fake fake powers can go over there. And And they also introduced the X-Force in this movie, which it it, it's one of those things where what we're going to say. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's one of those things where, they all met their unti- untimely end, and that really sucks because certain characters like Shatterstar, I think he's a cool character, and I would have liked to see him last longer and stuff like that. But it played out in such a funny way, you can't even be mad about it. <laughs> you know, it's like kind of disappointing, but at the same time, you're like, no, I can't even argue with it because that was so funny and so good. So, no, what were you going to say on x Deadpool's like, and then that Shatterstar guy who just, I'm so glad he's dead because he sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, what I was going to say was that um, Deadpool 2 initiate, uh, introduces X-Force as X-Force, where, yeah. where if you look at, and that's the thing where I'm catching up on a lot of like Marvel reading, um, is that they had represented X-Force way better than I think any of us really realized with all of the X-Men films. And then Deadpool just actually used the name. So um, I just thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, you know, they've been covering X-Force way longer than I think <laughs> we all knew. Right. Um, yeah. Well, the final pick for my list um, is the movie Definitely Maybe. Um, this is probably... Look, this might not be my favorite Ryan Reynolds movie, but in terms of, like, filmmaking, script, cinematography, like, acting, directing, like, everything, this is probably the best Ryan Reynolds movie. Um, And I've talked about this before. Ryan Reynolds, he's a single dad. His daughter asks him about how he met his mom, how he met her mom, and he's telling her the story about how he met mom. And there's multiple girls and she's trying and he changes all the names so she doesn't know. And it's kind of like, you tell me who you think your mom is in the story. So he's telling her this, <laughs> he's telling her this fun story. And it's basically you're seeing a flashback to him um, meeting these women and like dating them and all that stuff. And the the relationship nonsense. And then it flash forwards and you get to see conversations with them in the apartment, getting her ready for bed and all that stuff. And then jump flashback to what's going on. It's such a well-made, put-together movie. If you've never seen this, check it out. It's fantastic. Um, I think it's probably one of Ryan Reynolds' best in terms of performances and all that stuff, too. So, um, yeah, this was a really easy pick to be on the list. So, And I'm assuming you've never seen this based on your silence. Yeah, I don't I don't think I've seen this one either. <laughs> yeah, so. you, you should. It's really, really good. So, Okay, yeah. sweet. All right, man. 
Well, what are we doing next week? It's your pick. Yeah, so uh, my birthday's coming up, and uh, the first year we did this podcast, when my birthday came up, I did the year I was born, which was 1986, um, and from there, I started to move forward in time. So the next year we did 1987 and so on. And we've never gone backwards. And I forgot where I last left off moving forward. <laughs> so I thought it'd be fun to do our top five movies from the year 1985. And uh, when you when you start doing these older year movie lists, I, there is a chance. Did I ever send you the list of lists? I think you said you emailed it to me. Um, no, recently, you know so. I think I said I will email it to you, and I never actually did, so I apologize. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just double checking, making sure we never did it, because we did um, 87 for sure. Yeah. And I have 86 there, so we're doing 88. 85. 85. Yep. And. Uh, what I was going to say is when you start to go to older years, um, at least for me, there is a challenge of like, did you see enough movies this year? But I did take a look before the episode and I have seen at least five for sure. <laughs> so I can do a list, but <laughs> I just think it'll be fun. It'll be a retro list. Um, and there are some really, really good movies that came out this year. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts, Drew, or yeah. Um <laughs> I have a couple of movies off the top of my head um, immediately, just because yeah. I know that year fairly well. Um, so we shall see. There's one that's probably going to be number one on my list without even thinking twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because the year is very heavily um, mentioned in the t in the movie dialogue. Um, <laughs> that be. <laughs> And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll find out next week when we discuss it. However, you know. Um, hey, that's sorry. just the power of love. Am I right? At all? It, it, it could <laughs> just be the power of love. Um, that being said, let's that brings us to the end of this week. Very news light week for us. Um, but let's uh, throw this one in the can and uh, we'll talk next week, shall we? Yeah. You good with that? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Everybody do us a favor. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Head us up there. Social media, either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can also leave us a review, which we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre. And that's where I'll be talking about the eventual ending to the MCU, where they reveal that they were all scrolls all along. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That might be where we're headed. Um, During our discussion, I was thinking, what's that? Secret invasion is coming. That might be where we're headed. During our podcast, I was thinking Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe could be a really fun ending they could do as well. So, Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm just saying you get to the I end hope of phase Kevin six. Feige is listening. That's all I'll say. Dude. Yeah, Kevin Feige, if you... Um, uh, we I'm know not, he's listening. We know he's listening. <laughs> Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe is how you end it. Just, yes. saying, just saying, 
Just, just saying. Okay. <laughs> um, everybody, have a great night. And uh, we'll, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.